Miracy. I find one of the biggest fears that coaches have when they think about starting groups is the fear that they're not going to fill it. Mm. Hands down, that's the number one fear. Hello, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped over 50,000 entrepreneurs in creating profitable coaching businesses. In this podcast, I want to look at difficult coaching conversations together with other coaches. Many coaches have some concerns about getting into group coaching, and it's very common for coaches to feel that their clients aren't going to get as much value. And so I really look forward to discussing today's topic about group coaching. And my guest for this episode is a very experienced coach and a lifelong friend of mine, Michelle Shubnell. Michelle has helped thousands of coaches worldwide attract more clients, increase the profitability in their business, and achieve even greater success through group coaching. So we're going to explore the pros and the cons and everything about group coaching and maybe even have a surprise for you at the end. Now, Michelle's been a professional coach since 1998. She helps her clients develop powerful positioning, implement strategic marketing, improve time management, and really maximize their business enjoyment. When working with coaches, Michelle happily wears her consulting hat as well so that it can benefit her clients in addition to coaching. Welcome, Michelle. Oh, Melinda, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I'm so excited. So before we get into this episode, I'm going to have you tell us a little bit about yourself, but I want to tell our listeners first, like Michelle and I go way back. We met as colleagues and vendors of these trade shows, and we have become way more than colleagues. We are also lifelong friends. We have skied together. We've done hella skiing together. We've been to Italy and Greece and have all kinds of adventures. So I'm really excited to have you here. And can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners? Yeah, thank you, Melinda. I know we have traveled all over the world together and have had so much fun together. So I've been coaching for a long time. Before I was a coach, I was in software sales and marketing. And I realized when I was in that job that I wanted a lot more freedom and flexibility. And so I learned about the coaching profession, jumped into coach training, started coaching my clients on the weekends, and eventually made that big leap we all make going from employee to coach. And bottom line is I've never looked back. I love it. And you were a pioneer, right? You were in the early days of the coaching industry and right at the beginning of all of this unfolding. What was it like to be a coach in those early days? Gosh, when I think back to when I first started coaching and what coaching is like now, it is such a different ball game. Now coaching is so much more recognized. People understand more what it is. And the ability to reach people through social media, just all of the technology that we did not have 20 years ago that we have now, it's just amazing to see what's possible for today's coaches that we didn't have when the industry first started. Now, group coaching, it's been your niche right from the beginning, right? So for about seven years or so, I focused just on helping coaches learn how to attract and enroll new clients. And then back in about 2009, It's really kind of a funny story. I was at a business building event, a marketing event, and we were challenged at that event to implement what we were learning and bring new revenue into our business. And there was a contest. And Melinda, you know me. (laughs) 
<laughs> Michelle will win. <laughs> well, Michelle did win. And what I did is I was sitting in that marketing event and he said, you know, think about what are your existing clients asking? Because I was running group coaching programs at the time, but I wasn't teaching it. And I was like, gosh, I keep getting these requests like, hey, Michelle, when are you going to lead a program on how to run group programs the way you do? So for the course of that weekend, I designed the group, named the group, sent an email out to my list, recorded a short video using those flip video cameras. You remember those in oh my, my hotel gosh, room? Yes. Yep. And long story short, I was the one that brought in the most new revenue at that weekend. And this is such a great example of, you know, when you just make a decision and go for it, done is better than perfect. I mean, so many of my ducks were not in a row, but I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'm just going to get the people to sign up. You know, it's like build the plane while you're flying it and sell what you're offering, especially a group program before you go ahead and create everything. And uh, since then, that's kind of my main area of focus. We still have the Coach and Grow Rich programs, but my passion is the thing I love is helping coaches move beyond only working with clients one-on-one and create scalable, lucrative, and leveraged groups. Let's talk a little bit more about what is group coaching? Other people do group coaching very differently. Can you speak to the different ways how group coaching is put together? Yeah, and it's interesting. I'm glad you bring this up because the fact is there's so many different types of group coaching models. The definition that I like to use is group coaching is when you coach two or more people in the group format, <laughs> you know, quite simply. And so group programs can be as small as, you know, five to 10 people. You don't need to have a lot of content or curriculum. Other group programs might even be called a group coaching and training program where you are providing information, knowledge, materials, resources, and including training as part of the way that you're supporting the people in that group environment. And certain group programs, depending on how you're running it, are totally scalable. So we see some group programs that have 100 people, 500 people, up to 1,000 people in that group program. Now, obviously, the bigger the group gets, you'll want to bring in some type of additional support. So you might have a large group and then you can have cohorts or smaller subsets of people where they're getting support from an associate coach so that they're still getting some individualized attention and they're in this bigger group program as well with the main mentor. Yeah, I love that. And I think about our own program. We have taken a blend where we have group coaching plus some one-on-one coaching along with an online course for that training component. So when I think about our group program, it's that combination approach because we know for our clients to get certain results, it takes a certain amount of each of those components with an emphasis on the group coaching, the community, and having that as an integral part of it. Exactly. And what is it about the group coaching that keeps you working with this over all these years? What do you love? Like, why is there so much passion in your voice when you talk about it? Yeah, well, literally, Melinda, the switch from only working with clients one-on-one to group coaching changed my life. So back in about, when was it? Probably like 2004, my mom was battling bone marrow cancer. And she lived in New York, and I'm out here in Northern California. And at the time, I had a full practice. so. I did have the ability to fly back and forth between New York and California about once a month to be there for my mom, to support her. But the challenge was when I was back in New York, my schedule was so full working with my clients and rescheduling and the time zone differences that I really wasn't there for my mom the way that I wanted to. And so I was working with my coach at the time and 
the logical next step was instead of working with all these clients individually was to start running group programs. And once I did that, I was able to have so much more freedom and flexibility in my life. I didn't care that much at that point about making a much bigger impact or making a lot more money. Like those two things were fine at that point in my business. I just wanted more time. And that shift from only working with clients one-on-one to mainly working with clients in groups gave me that. So I really was able to be there for my mom. As awesome as one-on-one coaching is, there is a limit to how many people we can serve and how much money we can make. And when you shift that business model to be able to work with groups, you can literally serve an unlimited amount of people. Your income can go through the roof and you can create so much more free time in your business. Plus, I see coaches get burnt out. And I so believe in the power of coaching that it really feels like a natural evolution for coaches to be able to evolve their business by working with groups of people. I think any coach that wants to scale and grow, group coaching is the logical next step. Plus, it adds so many other potential revenue streams in your business because not only when you're doing group coaching, you can still coach a handful of clients one-on-one. You can still offer VIP days. I've been teaching it so long. I just love the people I attract in my program. And yeah, just really passionate about it. Now, with group coaching, there's also a lot of misconceptions or myths about it. Like, what are some of the common ones that you hear or see or or that you've encountered? Well, one of the most common ones is that, okay, group coaching sounds great for the coach, but what about the client? Don't people really just want one-on-one coaching? There's certainly a percentage of people that prefer that one-on-one support. And that's why, you know, when I work with my clients and my students, and we really map out their business model, we determine what's the right amount of one-on-one coaching they want to be doing to serve those clients. And the fact is, there are so many benefits for the client when they're in a group program. Especially in today's world, people are craving connection, community, and a sense of belonging more than ever. And the fact is, people actually get better results, I believe, in a group program. A big part of that is because of the greater accountability right? It's human nature that we're more likely to keep a commitment made publicly to a group than privately to our coach. So in a well-structured group, you can provide so much more accountability than just private coaching. And we know that greater accountability leads to more action and better results. Plus, you know that expression, you don't know what you don't know. In that group environment, there's so much collective wisdom and experiencing someone else being coached is such a powerful way to deepen your own learning, expand awareness, and discover new insights. I also find that, you know, sometimes coaching clients feel a little bit of pressure if they are investing big bucks to work with a coach privately. And if they're feeling unprepared, you know, they may not feel like they're getting the most out of the investment. But in a group environment, that kind of goes away. And most of the time, your group program is going to be a more affordable investment than your higher level one-on-one or VIP coaching. And so in that group program, you can support more people and give them a better return on investment. Now, another misconception or myth that I hear, kind of different variations on the theme is, well, if I offer a group program, and you've already kind of spoken to this, but I want to call this out for our listeners. If I offer a group program, I don't have as much control over people getting results like I would one-on-one. Do you ever hear anything like that or a variation? A little bit. Although I, again, I believe that clients actually get better results in a group program. and. Some group programs can include a certain amount of one-on-one. But if you're feeling like 
you want to run groups and you get the sense that your clients still need a little bit of private support, whether it's to deal with more confidential or sensitive topics, or just as a way to make sure everyone is getting their ducks in a row, there are a variety of ways that you can provide individual attention, accountability, and a support, even in the group environment. And sometimes when I'm talking with newer coaches that are just getting started, another misconception that I hear is, well, if I've got groups, you know, it might be a group or there might be more than one group that I'm running and I'm going to be working with all these people, it's going to be more work for me. Can you speak to that misconception? Well, I would say, if we're totally honest, that launching and filling a group takes more time, energy, and effort than just signing up individual coaching clients here and there, right? You need to have a more coordinated marketing effort. And so it can take some work in the beginning as you get going with groups. But the fact is, once you get your group up and running and you create your marketing campaigns and you design your irresistible group, then you're leveraging that so you're getting to use it over and over and over again. So while there's a little more initial time and energy in the long run, you are going to save yourself so much by running group programs. Michelle, when you look at some of the newer coaches, they're early in their business, what are some of the fears that, or maybe they're established coaches, what are some of the fears that they may have about going into group coaching? Like, where do they get stuck? Why do they stop moving forward? I find one of the biggest fears that coaches have when they think about starting groups is the fear that they're not going to fill it. Mm. Hands down, that's the number one fear. They want to do it, but there's that gremlin like, what happens if I don't fill my group, if I don't get enough people for this group to happen? Yeah. And I remember that the first time I offered doing a group, maybe my second year in business, it was back in the day when we had bridge lines on like Zoom didn't exist, Skype didn't even exist, and only one person signed up. And I remember I was like, oh no, this is not good. And luckily I went to my coach and I was like, oh no, this is bad. What do I do? And she's like, no, 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 it's not bad. You're going to run it for that one person and you're going to take them through the outline that you've put together and you're going to get feedback and you're going to get a success story or you're going to get insight on how to improve or enhance what you've already put together. So either way, you're going to get good insight. So you're going to run it and you're going to practice and you're going to keep going. And I was like, oh yeah. And so I really learned in that moment that there was more than just how much money am I making by filling it. There was more to the ROI than just revenue. It was in feedback, input, success stories, and then also future referrals because that person began to refer somebody. And it was like a train engine picking up steam, but it was putting myself out there and being willing to learn and do differently as I kept moving forward. Anything you want to add or speak to about that? Oh, just I love that story. And that's exactly what I teach. So you can still take one person through your group. You can take two people through your group, especially if it's the first time you're running it. Like everything that you said, you'll get the experience, you'll get a case study or a testimonial. And so I really work hard to alleviate that fear when people have it. Now, I've had a lot of discussions with a lot of different people in the industry. Some people are of the belief that, well, you shouldn't start your business with group coaching. Start it with one-on-one -on -one coaching and then evolve to group coaching. There's other people that are in the camp of, no, 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 start right out of the gate with group coaching and then add in as a back-end offer one-on-one. -on -one. And there's like this constant battle. Is there a reason for 
not starting with group coaching or do you recommend people not starting their business with that? Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Such a great question. In general, most people that I see that move into group coaching, they have coach individual clients first. And in general, I do find that's the best path because as a new coach, you'll get more confidence when you're signing up and working with your first five, 10 paid clients. You'll get more experience. And on the other side of the coin, there's a certain percentage of people that join my program and jump straight into groups because they know that's what they want. Like right from the get-go, they're like, you know what? I love coaching, but I'm not interested in working with clients individually. I want to coach groups of people. In fact, one of the women that was in my group coaching success bootcamp last year, she had a full-time job. She's a parent. She was taking her coach training at night and did not have time to be coaching individual clients. And so she said, you know, I'm starting a group. This is how I'm launching my business is with a group program. So I really think it's a personal decision for each coach. I don't think there's a hard and fast rule. It really depends on you, your confidence level, and what you really want for your coaching business. Now, are there certain niches that lend themselves better to group coaching than not? Or is it something that any coach could do? I've seen coaches in virtually every niche run group coaching programs. So I don't think there's a limitation based on who you coach and what you coach on to when it comes to running groups. And there are some types of niches where having that group support and accountability really adds an extra layer to the coaching experience versus one-on-one. So one thing that comes to mind is when you think of health and wellness, people that are wanting to lose weight, exercise more, eat better, take better care of their bodies. And in that kind of environment, having that camaraderie and group support adds this whole different layer to coaching and the experience that a person gets. So there are some that are even better suited for group programs, but literally in almost every niche that I've encountered, you could run a group program. Because group coaching ultimately is coaching skills plus facilitation skills. Okay, speak more about that right there. That's a great distinction. Right, so if you think about yourself and your personality, if you're not comfortable facilitating something, if you're really like a one-on-one person and the idea of you know working with a group of people feels overwhelming, confusing, it's just not appealing to you, well, then group coaching wouldn't be a good fit. That is a powerful distinction because it is. It's coaching skills and facilitation skills, which go beyond just the one-on-one work. So that's an important thing to know about yourself. But how would a coach listening in know they're ready to get started with group coaching? The most common scenario is their practice starts to feel full. You know how when coaches start their business, like the goal is, I want a full practice. I want to fill my practice. Well, you know what happens once your practice gets full? Your schedule feels full. You feel full. You realize you hit that limit of the number of clients that you can serve. So it tends to be an internal desire that, gosh, I love coaching, but this one-on-one model is not giving me the life and lifestyle that I want. It's not giving me the time freedom I want. My income is limited by the amount of clients I can serve. So that is one of the ways that people realize, gosh, I'm ready to move forward and coach groups. Others, it's really about wanting to make a much bigger impact. Like they're on a mission to serve so many more people than they could possibly work with one-on-one. So it tends to start with a desire based on the things that they are wanting to create out in the world. And then there is those people that just right out of the gate know, like, I want to create a leverage business. So I'm going to start working with groups right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to talk about what could be a touchy subject. 
Because in groups, when you're dealing with, you know, like you said, two more people, sometimes it's five or 10. I know in our groups, we've had 100 or 400 people. And there can be a lot of people in these groups, in these communities where they're not only interacting with me in the group coaching call, but often within the community so that all the members of the group can connect together. What do you see about or what are your insights towards how to handle and navigate when there's a bad apple in the bushel, so to say? I want to be very mindful about how I say that, but sometimes they're causing harm to other people or, you know, it's just that bad apple. How do you handle that situation? It's such a great question. And that is, I would say, the second fear that coaches have when they think about starting groups after filling it. It's that exact question. So there are a couple of ways that you can handle this. One, you could have a intake session so that you are having a conversation with people before they join your group program. And in fact, if you're doing, you know, what I call the big ticket, high commitment year long coaching group, you're probably enrolling people through a conversation. And so it can almost be an interview process so that you can establish that the person's coachable, that they will be a good fit for the group. Now, you're obviously not going to do that with if you have a group of probably 20 or 25 or more, because you probably don't have time to do all of that. So the other key thing that I teach, and this is so important, is how you conduct the first session sets the tone for how your group's going to run. So one of the things I teach is to establish ground rules and guidelines up front in that first session. Things like establishing confidentiality, treating everyone with courtesy and respect, not interrupting other people how to give constructive feedback instead of telling people what to do. And that piece of establishing the norms and the guidelines and ground rules for the group in that first session is critical. Because then if someone gets out of line, if they're not following those, you can go back to what you've already established. And if there is a bad apple, the way to address it is to talk to that person offline, address the behavior that's not what you want to see in the group, See if you can give them an opportunity to change. And if not, you can let that person out of the group because we know one bad apple can spoil the whole barrel. And it's worth it to, you know, release that person from the group, give them a full refund and say, you know, thank you. Good luck on your way. There was another episode that we did on Just Between Coaches where we talked about firing a client. And sometimes it has to happen because it's a big responsibility when you start doing, whether it's a group program or any of the models that you were sharing with us, Michelle, it's our responsibility to really protect the community and everybody else that has invested in your program to make sure you've got the container and the community and the support that's in alignment with your guidelines, your ground rules, with your values so that everybody can thrive and not be pulled back. So it's important to address this ASAP. Anything else that you want to share when it comes to transitioning into group coaching, when somebody's getting started with this, if they start experiencing difficulties or challenges, like how do they navigate those early stages? Well, when I think about getting started with group coaching, you know, one of the keys to success is being really crystal clear and specific about who your group is for and what it's about. And I call this designing an irresistible group because it focuses on helping people address a a big problem, the kind of things that keeps them awake at night or achieving an important and lasting outcome or result. And so that's a key thing to keep in mind when you're getting started to make sure that the focus of your group is what people actually want to join, that you're not selling something that's too vague or it's not clear what they're going to get out of it. 
And so that's one of the first key steps that you want to make sure you do when you're making that transition from one-on-one to groups. I love it. I know you and I can talk about this topic all day, every day for a long time. And I just want to summarize some of the things that we have talked about today. I love how you said group coaching is really coaching two or more people in a group setting, right? You might have a group of five or like my first coach did, a group of six, or you might have a hundred or 400, or you might blend the group coaching with the training, or you might have a bigger program within smaller pods with an associate coach. I love that you shared with us the different models. It's not a one size fits all. It has to look a certain way. There's a lot of different ways that you can create the group coaching model that works for your business. But the key to success that you just shared there at the very end was who is this group for and what are the outcomes? What are the success that they're going to achieve to make sure you're clear on that so that the people you're talking to, they know it's what they want and they know it's right for them. And some of the fears that we talked about, you know, do people really want to be in a group or do they just want one-on-one coaching or is it going to be more work for me? We talked about some of those myths and we also got into the benefits. I love, Michelle, when you shared the benefits of the group, how it creates connection, community, and that collective wisdom. Whenever I am in a group setting, somebody inevitably always asks a question. I didn't even know I had that question, but I get so much information because somebody else asked a question and it might benefit me in that moment or down the road, but that collective wisdom and then the collective accountability can really help more people create more momentum and success along the way. And then we got into two fears when people are thinking, when coaches are starting to think about group coaching, the fear of not going to fill it. And how do I handle that bad apple? And Michelle gave some amazing insights on that. And one of the things that I really loved about what you said is whether you're starting your coaching business and you're like, do I want to start with group coaching or not? Or maybe you've been in it for a while and you want to evolve. There's no right or wrong answer of when to do group coaching, but really look at yourself, the kind of work that you want to do, the kind of people you want to work with, and what's your lifestyle? What are you able to do? And that might help inform that decision. Michelle, do you have anything else that you want to share with our listeners? I think the main thing I would like to wrap up with is if you're thinking about wanting to coach groups, wherever you are in your coaching career, and you're trying to decide, well, what should I do? I would make that decision. Because it always starts with a decision and then really connect with your reasons why and envision how your business and your life will change when you're supporting groups of clients at once, how much more income you could make, the bigger impact you can have and the impact that'll have on your free time and have those reasons fuel you to take that next step and design your irresistible group, market to fill your group, learn the key things that you need to know to confidently coach your group. And then figure out those details for how you're going to manage and administer your group. Because I honestly believe that if you're a coach and you want to coach groups, you have the skills and the desire inside of you. It's just some of these other pieces that you need to figure out. So I encourage you to go for it if you're feeling like it's the time to expand your business through the power of working with groups. I love it. Beautiful. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches and also a big thank you to Michelle Shubnell for this great conversation about group coaching. You can find out more about her at coachandgrowrich.com. That's coach and A-N-D growrich.com. In fact, she actually has a special gift for our listeners. You can grab a free copy of her Launcher Group Coaching Checklist at groupcoachingsuccess.com forward slash checklist. 
And you can check the show notes. All the links will be in there as well. Michelle, thank you so much for coming to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Melinda. And I look forward to the day that me and Adam and you and Dave get to ski together again. Oh, I hope it's sooner than later. Well, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mir CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab, where you can learn about course design, and in the show Making It, where you can listen to online entrepreneurs sharing business lessons. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. I wrote this episode with Cynthia and Mishi. She assembled the episode. Danny Innie is our executive producer. Post-production was by Post Office Sound. To listen to future episodes that are coming up on Just Between Coaches or listen to previous ones, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud. We can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. 
To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.